right, so welcome back to the Jason and Peely Project. I'm super excited for today's guest. We have Ryan Smith. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Hey, good, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And I'm looking at Ryan, and behind him, he's got um, a really accomplished uh, bookshelf with a lot of reads here. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. But Ryan began his career in the Marine Corps with over 10 years of experience in the intelligence community. He's now the founder of a company called Leadsmith, and Leadsmith is a data-driven marketing company that specializes in increasing the return on investment for real estate investors and house flippers. So, Ryan, this is awesome, and we, we connected through a, a great friend, uh, Bill Allen, and I, I can see why, right? Because you, you're you're using your experience um, through the Marines, going into intelligence to now help people with that data point that so many times um, they're missing in their business, right? So. How has the Marines allowed you to adapt a mentality to, to help put forth the best information so people can choose the best results? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, um, you know, as, as more and more people enter the investing space, you know, if you go back, I don't know, five, five plus years ago, there weren't as many people doing it. And I mean, you could just kind of throw money out there. And even if it wasn't, even if your tactics weren't the best, um, you know, you can still get results. But as more and more people enter into the space, um, I think you have to be smarter and you can't just, um, you know, you can't just mail everybody in a zip code or anything like that anymore. And I think data becomes a much stronger uh, part of the whole process. So um, what we found was, you know, when you, when you start digging into the data, there's a lot of information out there that is extremely useful that most people don't pay attention to, don't know how to get. Um, and so, you know, our big thing is, is taking a little bit more time on the front end, finding that information that gives us an advantage uh, instead of just, you know, blindly throwing money at the marketing. And that's a lot of times how real estate, real estate investors operate, right? They're just guessing and, and sending out letters based on a zip code or a hope of a house. Was there a part in your career or your path that drove you to the point to saying that I can't find the data tools or the data points I'm looking for and I, I'm going to really provide this and look to do this for myself and then realize there was something that other people may need as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I started I started wholesaling by myself um, as a you know one man show, and Bill was in my market, and Bill's uh, marketing budget far exceeded my marketing budget, and That's I most. needed to find a way where I could still be successful with a lot smaller budget than what he had. Um, so I thought, well. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to, you know, to do to do marketing, it's either gonna take time or money or a combination of both. And I had more time than I had money. So I said, well, I'm gonna have to dig in deeper, go after some of the stuff that he's not going after and seeing, and then that way I can be successful as well. So um, yeah, absolutely. So what we found was um, even with a, a much, much smaller budget, we were able to still be successful, find deals. And, you know, a lot of the deals, um, have some really big spreads on them because they're not really talking to everybody and the brother um, since we're going that extra step to get the data. So absolutely. So we had done that for a long time. Um, I teamed up with Bill and worked for him for um, two or three years. And then, you know, I had decided to start this company 
And I said, well, you know, why don't we just do this all over the country and, and help people in all markets? So that's, that's kind of how we got here. What do you find is, is some of the pieces that most investors are generally missing when they're coming to you, when they come to you and they say, hey, listen, we want to get better data. What is their marketing campaigns lacking on, on, the, on the forefront? Yeah, um, so a, a couple things. Um, a lot of times, I think a lot of people, and I've been guilty of this before too, I think a lot of people in the industry have shiny object syndrome. And, you know, they hear like the latest tactic and, you know, now they want to point all their resources that way. Um, I think that one thing that a lot of people overlook, and, and I plan on, you know, getting deeper into this, you know, next month, but um, one of the big things that a lot of people do is, they're just not consistent. Um, they don't pick, you know, what I want to do is I want to go in there. I want to find a source of data, you know, let's call it a niche. And I want to dominate that specific niche. I think a lot of people get bored um, and they just, they get tired of doing the same thing over and over again. And, and then they hop on to something else. And um, I think that that's the biggest issue that a lot of people have. The other thing is, is where to find the data. That's another issue that they have. And then the other issue is, okay, now that we know where to find the data, you know, what, how do we create a system around that so that we can consistently pull that data on a regular basis and then market to those people. So kind of getting that whole trifecta in order uh, seems to be the biggest issue with a lot of companies. You know, boredom is one of the, the, the best ways to make money, right? So consistency yeah. of just keeping to the approach and, and you're absolutely right. Most people fall at that point because they'll do it one time and, and they'll give up, right? But yeah. for marketing, generally it's somewhere, correct me if I'm wrong, between the, you know, the fifth, sixth, seventh touch for you to be able to at least start that conversation. And I would look at it from the other component. If I was the person getting a letter in the mail and I just saw it one time, you know, or I see it and start to see that brand over and over and over, then, then I might be more familiar with them and be easier to speak to on the phone. Um, for yourself and, and your business, would you say that, that starting and finding your niche also helped you because it allowed you to eliminate what you don't want? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we can really, um, we can really get very specific on what we want to target. Um, and we don't, you know, we're not, you know, especially when when you work with companies that, uh, for instance, let's say that they don't wholesale at all and they only want to flip. I mean, they have very specific criteria that they want to use to to find houses that they are willing to flip. You know, with wholesale, it's it's pretty easy if you don't if you don't want the property yourself. You know, you can find a buyer for it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it really allows you to dive in and find exactly the type of stuff that you're wanting to find. Interesting. So, so here, when you're when you're really bringing Lee Smith to the forefront, what is separating it from the other analyzing or data driven tools on the market? Um, so, I do think that there, you know, there are some other tools out there, and uh, some of them work well. I think that one thing that um, a lot of people are not willing to do is, you know, I think that the approach that a lot of people take is they go, they find uh, huge data sources and they pull or buy or whatever, they buy lots of data at one time, where you know our approach is, if I have to go to a website and do some work and I only get 10, 10 different leads out of that website, I'm gonna do it uh, just because it's worth my time. So I think that that's the big differentiator between what most people do and what we do. 
And, but the, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, with a lot of these companies, the business owners are wearing multiple hats. You know, they're trying to do uh, 10 different things at once and they don't really have time to go in there and do all that, you know, kind of uh, super, super focused work. You know, and, and it's key too, right, to have the focus list because when you look at it from a point of someone wearing multiple hats, generally you become the bottleneck. So if you're if you're getting this giant list that you're mailing out and now you go from no calls to, to hundreds calls or a hundred calls or even 25 calls, just think of that. Now you have yeah. maybe 10 appointments. Well, now you're the person dragging back from your team where if you could go in there and find, like you said, you know, stand, stand out from Bill who has a, a large team around them where you can find 10 leads, where you can, you can really put your attention and you wouldn't have to cut that check that may be, you know, thousands of dollars between list and mailing that that's a, a recipe for success, right? It's not Absolutely. always the, it's not always having like the, the email list with, with, you know, 20,000 people. I mean, you might have thousand people 800 people 600 people that can really it would you can do so much for right you can do so much with absolutely so, yeah i completely when, agree i mean that's you know that's the same as like the buyers list you know it doesn't matter how big your buyers list is it matters how many good buyers you have on it so I, absolutely i completely agree all right so you know Keely and i are all about large multifamily, but we are here today because there was an event that kicked off our real estate career and we want to bring it to you it is called flip Hacking Live. I know, I know the name says flipping, but hear us out. This was the quintessential event that kickstarted our careers in real estate. So it gave us everything we use today. It was marketing, how to talk to investors, how to really build our base and build our team that we use today to really do what we do in large multifamily. And that's why we're bringing you the special discount. If you go to Flip Hacking Live today and you put in JP tickets, which just went up to $397. Well, they're going to give you $100 off that we're going to pay for because that's how much we believe in this event. So go there, go to the link, click on it, learn about it, and go to this event. You will not be sorry. Let's do this. Yeah, I see. Um, and we, we did some of this in the past, but generally for your buyers list, you, you would have, you could have as many people as you want, but if you actually looked at your buyers list, you may have like <laughs> five people that are buying all the deals, right? So you really, I got, you know, 50,000 people on my buyers list and you only really need five, right? Right, exactly, so probably, exactly. Like, 1,000 true friends. So, yeah. well, we have an exciting event. You said talking next uh, next month here. We have Flip Hacking Live coming up, which is which is a dynamic event. I actually, um, truth be told, I got to go to the first one. Oh, wow. Like, awesome. Yeah, out, out in San Diego. And that was my whole connection to meeting the team, meeting the group out there. And it's been, uh, we, we've just created so many great friendships from it. So you're going to be in a great part. Um, what's going to be the theme through your presentation? Yeah, so what I'm going to talk about is, um, I think, you know, over the next, over the next probably six to nine months, I think there's going to be some huge opportunities coming with, you know, with everything going on in the uh, economy and everything else. Uh, there's going to be some huge opportunities uh, as far as, you know, wholesalers and flippers and things like that go. So what I'm going to talk about is laying out a plan for the next six to nine months of exactly what I'm going to be focusing on in my business as far as marketing and lay out a plan that's going to show you exactly how to capitalize on this unique period of time that we're coming up upon. Amazing. Well, uh, give us a teaser. What are one of those data points that probably wasn't on the radar six or eight months ago that maybe you're going to really put a lot of attention in going forward? Yeah. So, um, one of the ones that I think that you should start working on right now 
is mortgage late. Uh, so you can get mortgage late lists of 30, 60, 90 days. Those are um, lists that are a little bit harder to get because they only come from the credit bureau when they're reported as late payments. And um, I'm not saying that today you're gonna be buying houses off that list, but what we wanna do is we wanna start building relationships with those people. So when that time comes, you know, like you had mentioned earlier, getting in front of them multiple times, you know, trying to get up to that seven point touch, they're not ready today, but whenever that day comes and that event happens where they're like, okay, I gotta do something, you wanna be top of mind. So um, we're gonna position ourselves to be that person when that time comes. And it, it's gonna come for a lot of people, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, it's not an if, it's a win, unfortunately, but at yeah. least if you can help the narrative on that side, it's gonna be dynamic. Does that mortgage late also, and I don't know if you know this answer, but it just came to mind, like if someone put their, themselves in the forbearance, would that also show up in that same list or is that is that a different um, tracking way? I, I think that that would fall under a different tracking. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure on that though, to be honest with you. Yeah, interesting. Well, I think the mortgage late is a great, a great place to sit because I, I, there's there's all different kinds of ways that's going to be captured. But if someone gets to the point where now they have to catch up and typical, you know, 50% or more of America's working paycheck to paycheck, that, that's just a tall order. So yeah, having this absolutely. list where you can help them and get in front of them, um, that's going to be just a huge thing. And you're going to be there talking on just a, a group of just really dynamic speakers and just talking about the data, the marketing, the building the brand, the building the team. I mean, there's going to be so much bang up energy there. So I'm really excited to see everything come together here. Um, for Leadsmith itself, um, how, how is the best point uh, for people to reach out for you and to learn more about the service or, or what is usually the factors that they have to bring to you for you to give them the best idea of what service you provide? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as far as contact goes, you can go to our website. It's leadsmithre.com, L-E-A-D-S-M-I-T-H-R-E.com. Um, you can also email us, uh, Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at leadsmithre.com. Typically, what uh, as, far as, as far as working together, um, you know, we have a couple different packages. One of them is a done-for-you marketing service. Uh, for people that are interested in that, a couple different qualifications. Um, I like, to, like for the person to have some experience. So, uh, you know, just so when those leads come in, they know what to do, they know how to, uh, how to close deals. And the other thing is, uh, you know, we're going pretty deep on the data. So we need a large enough area to concentrate on, to pull up, to create a good list for you. So um, I would say that, you know, we need at least a decent population to do that. Just off the top of my head, roughly at least 200,000 people kind of in an area to, to do it. Uh, most areas have have at least that number of people, but um, every once in a while, there's some really small areas, and they'd probably be better off just kind of mailing everybody. Their areas are so small. So. Awesome, awesome. Well, I got I got a few questions that um, yeah, I, I guess would align with real estate. But uh, what, what's been one of the biggest uh, learning lessons from from your years? And thank you for this um, in the Marines that you bring forward to your business today. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, so I think that. Um, you know, we had we had chatted for a second before before we got on this call, and um, you know, I think that mindset is is one of the most overlooked uh, pieces in the entire in, in life, uh, whether it be uh, life in the military, life in business, you know, your personal life. 
I think that there's so much there uh, as far as mindset goes that if you if you're not concentrating on it, you're missing a huge piece of the puzzle. In regards to someone who doesn't have maybe a military background or, or mindset's a new arena for them, what are some key takeaways that they, they have to be confident of just in their daily life? Sure. So, um, one of, you know, one of the big things is we all have, you know, our, our subconscious mind kind of runs, runs our, runs our day-to-day -day life. And we have, a lot of us have limiting beliefs that we picked up from childhood and, um, you know, it's, it's just part of life. And, you know, one of the ones you'll com commonly hear about is, is money. Um, a lot of people have limiting beliefs about money and, um, without, without spending too long on it, you know, you'll hear things like money doesn't grow on trees, money's the root of all evil, stuff like that when you're young. And that kind of stuff uh, plays a role when you get older and uh, you have this, these negative feelings towards money. So, um, you know, for the longest time, I never grew up in that environment. I didn't have those things. So I thought, oh, I don't have, I don't have any negative programming with money. But, um, you know, the more you look into it, there's, there's different levels to it. Um, yeah, I may not have that, but I also saw, saw, you know, people around me and they always felt like the bottom was about to fall out. Like there's always going to be like this huge problem that's about to occur and things like that. And, you know, it wasn't until I dug deeper and realized that, that all those things control your actions going forward. So the first thing is, is identifying what those things are and the second thing is correcting them and you know i use money as an example but i mean you could use that in any topic um, we all have that kind of stuff in everything so uh, there's been a lot of a lot of growth that i've had to do uh, because i've had limiting beliefs on a lot of different things or uh, you know just character flaws that i needed to fix and you know you gotta identify them and then fix them you know, one of the things that you said here is that, you know, character flaws in other parts is just having the awareness, having the awareness within yourself that ultimately there's always two sides. You could say that everything's going to be destroyed right now, or you could say, I have clean drinking water right here, fresh air, you know, healthy kids and, and look at that point, even if maybe you are having mon monetary problems, right? Because right. I, I find that the focus on the problem never provides a solution, right? But the problem is just going to persist and it's going to eat you away. And and I've I've gone through my own learning lessons to to find that. But it's that continuing. It, it, it's just like anything, right? So we were talking about the running. Like if I stopped running, you know, in a couple of months, I won't be able to run and do what I did, right? So it's the right. same thing with the mind. If you if you don't continually work on it, well, the mind finds its way to to go back to to what's familiar. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I completely agree. What's your favorite book uh, that you always go back to, or you're reading now with this awesome uh, book collection you have behind you? So um, I have a weird one. Um, this is this is probably not one that's going to be mentioned anytime else. But um, one that I really really liked that was a big game changer for me is called The Game of Life and How to Play It. What's that about? That is, um, it's about uh, becoming aware of the thoughts that are going on in your mind when you're not necessarily thinking about anything. And, you know, basically reprogramming, reprogramming your thoughts when you do have a negative thought, um, replacing it with a positive one. And, you know, that become the script that goes in your head rather than 
than, uh, you know, than this negative stuff that happens all the time. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And that's, that's key, right? It's just, it's just recognizing it and labeling it and just, and just calling it out. So it's, it's first and foremost in your thought. Well, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. It's uh, flip back in live. I'm excited to see uh, more of your story, really hear the message, you hear all the other points on data, because you're absolutely right. There's going to be a ton of people that are going to be in, be in a rough spot and you could help them to find that solution for their next part by giving them the best data there. So did intelligence choose you or did you choose intelligence when you went into the military? Yeah, I chose intelligence. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to get in there and, uh, you know, when I, when I, when I got in there, I wanted to do uh, human intelligence and, um, you know, I, that, that wasn't, uh, what I, what I ended up with. I, I, uh, ended up in signals intelligence, which is a lot more data driven. And, what's um, the, what's the difference for someone that doesn't know myself? So human intelligence would be like, uh, like the CIA, um, that would be like getting information from, um, other people basically. Um, and then signals intelligence is using, um, let's see, you know, using, using signal information to get intelligence basically, uh, without going too crazy into it. But, um, so yeah, the, it's a lot more techie on the signal, on the signal side. So, um, I always, you know, from a young age, you know, when I was born, the, the internet wasn't around, but when I, when I got to be a teenager or, or a young adult, one thing that I kind of had a knack for was finding stuff on the internet. Um, so, but I never knew how to monetize it. You know, I, I could find good deals on on different things and stuff like that. And then once I got into the military, I used that skill there to, to find stuff. And then when I got out, that's when I was able to put two and two together and figure out a way to actually provide value to the marketplace using that skill set. See, that's one of the best stories about you know finding your entrepreneurial spirit right so you use what you've learned and now you relate it to your cause and so really awesome really excited what you're doing i appreciate you coming on the show today jason thanks so much for having me it was great chatting with you and uh thank you so much thank you ryan and to everyone listening thank you very much make sure you go over and check out flip hacking live i know there's tickets uh they they got a pretty pretty uh, large amount of them sold, but go over and check it out. Uh, I think it is flipacking.com, but check it out there. You got not only Ryan Smith, but you have Bill Allen, you have uh, Terry Berger, you have uh, Andy McFarland, you just have a ton of really high level players that are going to be speaking that day. So go for it and we'll talk to you soon. Bye now. Join us for your second cup of coffee every Monday through Friday at noon. Live every day bringing us our best content we've done so far. Super excited, super engaging, bunch of great guests. We're here to answer your questions and we so appreciate you listening. Make sure to check this out. Can't wait to see you.